I was watching The Last Dance with my sons and I realized, though it was about Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and the Chicago Bulls, one of the biggest factors of the Chicago Bulls was Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson was the leader, the coach. He's the person, as soon as he stepped on to that team, he helped them to get a ring. He was able to help them to see who they were individually and as a leader and as a team. And I think that's why we need a coach because you need somebody to help you develop yourself personally and within a group. So that's what Al Hardy is here to do. That's what I'm here to do is help you to grow personally and within your team, within your group, within your family. Go to www.mralhardy.com forward slash coaching sessions. Promo code Al's Chicken and Waffles. I think I'm going to call this this one, this episode, Rules and Regulations. Because, uh, I mean, have you ever been in a relationship, you said something, and this, or somebody said something to you, and you didn't know how to respond, but it really hurt you, you know, and uh, you, you, you had to sit with what that person said, or that person had to sit with what it is that you said, you said it sarcastically, said it under your breath, but you knew it kind of just, it, it was uh, undercutting something that really hurt them you talked about their mom you talked about their family member somebody that they love you know and then uh, then after that that person has to sit with it and then they have to respond um, in this episode with Brittany Jean Louis she kind of breaks down how in every relationship how we communicate we're supposed to have uh, boundaries uh, it's okay to say you know what I can't talk about this right now and it's good to come back to it and, and to deal with it. We have to address and confront uh, hard conversations, difficult conversations. Uh, so in this episode, I, I, I encourage you to listen to this with your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. If you have a business partner, listen to listen to this episode with them, you know, because you, you're able to, to understand how to break these cycles, uh, even with parenting. You know, cultural cycles. We 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 need this help. You need this work. So, uh, Brittany, I want to say thank you, and this is a great one. So so do this. Can you just tell me um, a little bit about yourself, um, like your history, where you're from, and everything like that? Sure. Um, so my name is Brittany Jean Lewis. I am. Um, originally from Chicago, I came to New Jersey back in 2000. Um, so I came to Rutgers and I, um, majored in communication in Spanish and minored in Puerto Rican and Caribbean studies. Um, Let's let's stop. Let's, let's stop right there. Um, I I never, I never knew that. You never knew which part? The, the the communication, uh, Spanish. I never, I never, yeah. yeah. 
That's that's yeah. Dope. So yeah. So in high school, I took uh, Spanish all four years, mm-hmm. and so was pretty fluent. And then I had um, this opportunity to go to Venezuela, to the capital of Venezuela. I stayed there for about four months, the entire summer. And the whole purpose of the trip uh, was to gain more Spanish-speaking skills mm-hmm. and to interact in the culture, get to know the culture. And so, by the time I left, I was completely fluent. Oh, that's that's dope. So, um, so now, so you're—I didn't know you were fluent in in that's that's something new. I, I'm glad. Now, hold up. So now, you're being you're, you're, no, because because this is this is this is uh, this is new to me. So you, you're fluent in uh, in Spanish, English. And Chicagoan, right? Like, what was what was Chicagoan? Yeah, what was Chicago? What was Chicago? I mean, I mean Chicago. I mean, well, I, mean I have to, what? I have to admit though that being from Chicago, like any part of the the Midwest, like a Detroit or Chicago, um, I think Midwest in general is like there's a certain personality, mm-hmm. and this is just my observation. But there's certain personalities that you can tell are from like the Midwest. And then there's definitely like different places, like different language, just like the South has different language from like the North, uh, like East side and then like the Midwest. So I can admit that there definitely is a language for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think every region has their own language. Like, you know, when every. you, when you, when you, LA yeah. also. you know, Jersey, Jersey and New York is, you know, is a language all into itself. You know, so yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. I, but I didn't know that. I'm sorry. You could, you could go ahead. You you uh, you made no. It. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um. So yes. Yeah, so I um after college, I actually just never went back to Chicago. Nothing against Chicago. It's a beautiful, lovely city. Um. But I had really kind of gained a lot of kind of like a second family. I kind of created the family that I didn't have here because. I had no family coming into New Jersey um, and was able to kind of create that with my church home and then also with different friends, people that I've met along the way. And so I stayed here. Okay. That's, so uh, so um, here, well, here in Jersey, you kind of yeah. created uh, a family through, through your church and also through school? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. And people that, you know, I just met along the way, whether it was from work experiences and just kind of like, I call myself like a collector of people and wow. a collector of family because um, it's important to create what you don't have. And so hmm. I want to preface that by saying that I do have a really big family on my mom's side and my dad's side. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I didn't grow up with my mom's side of the family who they are currently in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would only see them like once a year, which was the summer um and so you know we have a great relationship but we just never grew up together it was a long um, distance so my dad it was long distance okay. exactly okay. and so then i had um my dad's side of the family in chicago uh but i didn't grow up with my dad in the house so my mom was a single parent and i really didn't find out who my dad's side of the family was until my sister actually um, my paternal sister half sister found me when I was like 16 years old. And wow. so that, that's how we kind of started to formulate a relationship because she knew that I existed. Um, and unfortunately it's something that my dad didn't get an opportunity to do himself. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, that was kind of like my background in growing up. 
so, you know, being a young woman at, I mean, I was 17 years old when I came to college. So being a young woman and understanding the importance of relationships and connections, it was very important to me to create what I didn't have growing up. Mm, so, so okay. which was the connection with family because I have family, right? But mm-hmm. that family connection is something that was missing, um, and that was something I was able to create. And that's 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 great. That's great. Um, so, what did that? What was that conversation like with your paternal sister? Um, like, how how did that like come? How did that really come about? Or how did yeah. she? How did she look for you? You know what I mean? Like, what was that process like? Yeah. So. Um, I think she just really kind of searched um, to find out like where I was. I think she kind of pressed my dad for information and that's how she got the phone number. Um, I was 16 years old. So, I mean, being a teenager, all I really kind of cared about at the time was uh, hanging out with my friends Mm -hmm. (laughs) and working, making money. And so um, because of the fact that, you know, she had just kind of came into my life and, you know, really wanted to know certain things. I was kind of like, oh, I don't know what this is about. and Kind of like leery about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of felt like, you know, the, the hunt was for curiosity purposes, as opposed to like really wanting a relationship. And mm. that could have come from, you know, my mom and kind of transferred like trust issues that she had, you know, about people and their intentions. But, you know, it turned out where, you know, the intention was actually to have a relationship and to, you know, really be, you know, close and, and get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was very hard. Like um, at the time, my sister was going through something very personal mm-hmm. and I was, you know, a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a, a large gap um, in age as well. So mm-hmm. um, that was, it was difficult, you know, but, you know, we continue to to maintain and, and try to maintain a relationship now that I'm here in New Jersey and they're still in Chicago. Okay. That's, that's, well, that's, that's great information. So how did you, yeah. how did you go from communications, Spanish to right. the space that you're in now as a therapist? Right. So I got my master's in mental health counseling. And so the interesting part is that, yeah, I wanted to, when I first came to college, I wanted to be like a broadcast journalist. Like I wanted to go into broadcast journalism. So I wanted to be a journalist. And Mm so I wanted to work in the media. I wanted to interview people. I wanted to interview, you know, celebrities. I wanted to have my own show. And it's interesting because those are still things that I want to do. Like I still enjoy, um, like mass media things, like whether it's writing, magazine writing, whether it's sitting down and talking to people. I mean, if you think about it, counseling is a a dyad relationship. So I'm Hmm. across kind of talking to someone about their life and it has nothing to do with me. So I think my communication degree definitely helped to facilitate getting into mental health counseling because of the fact that I was able to um, learn the fundamentals of communication, whether that's the way that I speak to people and then also how I'm listening, but more so about how I'm listening to people than actually talking to them. Mm. So, so, so being a counselor really has heightened your awareness on on, uh, listening to people. Now, (laughs) when when we talk about listening to people, um, is it more so just being observant of them, like hearing them, listening to Mm -hmm. them and just, just the observation of them like you know what 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 is that process like 
Yeah, I think communication, <clears throat> excuse me, is a really like a full body experience for mm-hmm. both people. And so I think it was kind of the other way around because you were saying how therapy really taught me more so about like communication and like listening, but it was more so my communication degree that actually taught me about how to do therapy. So I kind of had a leg up going into my master's program. But I think that communication is really about um uh, it's a full body experience with both people. So sometimes when it comes to someone talking, you know, listening is an, is an action. Um, and so sometimes that means reflective listening. So if someone's talking, um, and let's say you don't really fully understand what they're saying, it's okay to say like, okay, so what I hear you saying is blah, blah, blah. Right. Because mm-hmm. that's going to be really helpful in figuring out what the person is saying so that you're not off. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then, you know, another piece is that I talk to my clients a lot about, especially uh, when I used to work with couples, I would say to them that sometimes we listen to respond as opposed to listening to understand. Mm -hmm. And so that's what that's what kind of perpetuates and continues this process of uh, negative communication and going back and forth and just wasting time and energy because no one wants to listen to understand, but they want to listen to respond. Uh, that's 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 great so but we want we're going to pause right here because this this is this is great information because what 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 i what i tend to see is um when people listen to respond their emotions are fully invested um Mm -hmm. their or or their emotions are high right um Mm -hmm. and there has to be a party that has to kind of step back to really want to listen um, because right. there, there's so so much that uh, maybe both people have to have to say. Um, so mm-hmm. I, so how how does like when when communicating and when listening? Because you said listening is the action, and that's I think that's great. Um, how does if both parties are very emotional? What are some techniques that that they could do in that moment? Sure. Um, So one thing that I always tell people to do is when you are in a situation where emotions are high and things are heated and you know that you're going to say something that you will regret or you're going to do something that you regret, it's always okay to, to take a break. And so sometimes in conversations like that that are heated, it's okay to say, I need to take five. Hmm meaning that I need to take a break from this conversation. Um, Sometimes if you can't say all of that because things are really intense, um, I tell people to create a a code word. So a word that basically means we're going to go on the other side of, you know, the ring and then we'll come back when both of us are cooled off. Hmm. Um, And so, you know, the whole, um, (laughs) the Kevin Hart stand up where he said pineapples, like sometimes Mm -hmm. you can use pineapples, you can use (laughs) any word that you, um, and the other person um, may know, or especially if it's an intimate relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Use a word that both of you can use when it's time to kind of separate. So what that does is that basically helps with emotion regulation, because ultimately what you're saying is, I'm not emotionally regulated enough to have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pull myself away from this. And I'm going to also regulate my own emotions and not depend on you as my partner, as my friend, as my coworker to help to calm me down. I'm going to do my own self-soothing so that I can come back to this conversation and have a healthy diet with you. 
Well, that's good. So, so now, now listening to everything that you're saying, there's there's a couple of things that I I, I like to address, right? Um, mm-hmm. Before, so I was we was talking to um, a lawyer um, earlier, and uh, we was talking about how do you when you you have to make an agreement, right? Before you get mm-hmm. into before you get into a partnership, you have to know the partner. And then the other part is, is that uh, there should be some contracts. And, and what I'm saying is right now, when, the question I'm asking is um, before you have to know yourself, you have to know your partner, and then uh, you have to know when things are heated, um, how yeah. to um, communicate at that time, right? Um, and I think, mm-hmm. and I think that the struggle for uh, some people, and, and and let's let's just say with me, right, is that yeah, I'm 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 able to walk away from the conversation, and sometimes I don't want to readdress the things that that might be bothering me. So if somebody mm-hmm. has a lot to say, I'm able to hear it, intake it, and try to change it. However. Um, that person has dumped all of their issues and I'm not able to uh, confront and address, you know, how I feel. How do you deal with that? Because there's a lot of people, and I see this with men um, too, um, they just shut down. Yeah, I think in in that situation, you know, it's really about kind of taking baby steps and it's remembering that everybody's uh, deserves to be validated. Does it mean that I'm going to agree with your point of view? No, it just means that validation is basically saying, I hear you and I understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but it doesn't always mean agreement. And so I think that's something that we all have to learn how to practice with each other is learning how to validate. Um, because, you know, I always say that a healthy environment is a validating environment, an environment not necessarily meaning your home, but the environment of a relationship, you know, the the foundation of a relationship that you create with someone else. It's a healthy environment when you're validating. Um, so I think it's okay to, you know, validate and say like, okay, I see that you're having a hard time. And so I understand that you may need to walk away, even if I want to just sit and stay and just you know, word vomit everything that I want to say to you. If you're not in that space, I have to respect that. So that's a part of validation is respect. Mm. Um, and basically saying, I respect your need to walk away from this conversation right now because you're not able to really process it or you need the time to process it. And so I think sometimes people don't understand the power of silence mm. or even like the power of walking away and saying, you know what, I need to take some time and think about what I want to say and what I want to do, you know, when it comes to this situation. And so sometimes for some people, it may take some time because, you know, remember, um, you know, we are products of our environment. Um, there's certain behaviors and things that we have based on how we grew up, based on how we saw our parents communicate, based on how we saw our family communicate. And so those are things that we have adopted, right? And so mm. those are things that unfortunately we aren't responsible for changing when we're children, but as we become adults, that's something we're responsible in changing, right? Um, and so if that's, that's the case in these situations with relationships where you're kind of um, acting out behaviorally what you learned in your environment, then that means that you're a work in progress. We're, we all are. Mm. So sometimes if you, you know, are in a situation where you're, you're going back and forth with the person and you're just like, you know what? You said everything that you wanted to say, 
but I didn't get a chance to really say everything I wanted to say, but I'm willing to change and move on. That is toxic. And it's toxic because that means that that person basically doesn't have the value, whether it's conscious or subconscious, is mm. saying that I'm not valuable enough to explain or say my piece. Mm. I'm just going to take in whatever this person is saying, and I'm going to make the changes based on that person, as opposed to let me reevaluate how I feel, put my feelings out there, and then adjust accordingly based on um, my point of view and, and you know, what I want to put out there to my partner or friend or whoever. That's good, because having those tough conversations are, are it's tough, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a struggle and it's right. a challenge, you know, and I think it takes But practice. it's okay to take space. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's okay to take space. It's okay to back up. It's okay to let's say, you know, let's come back to the conversation in 30 minutes. And so the goal is in regards to self-development is saying, okay, in 30 minutes, I still may be upset, but I'm not going to be as upset as I was, you know, when we were kind of going back and forth. So at least I can report that, you know what, I'm feeling a little bit better, but I still need to take some more time to really think about this. That's good. Right. So I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. So, so, all right. So, and I, and I, and I agree with everything you're saying, right? So, mm-hmm. so, so, but the struggle, I think, for this, and, and I'm going to use men because, you know, I coach men, um, I talk to a lot of men, and, and the scenario is, is this, right? When we look at uh, some, and I'm talking about a certain type of guy, not all guys, mm-hmm. uh, but mm-hmm. when we look at guys who, who they might have, uh, they might struggle with giving, with communicating what's on their heart, what's on their mind, mm-hmm. um, what's on their, you know, uh, what's on their uh, emotion, their emotions, right? And mm-hmm. when they get into a heated confrontation with a, a young lady that they, let's just say that they might be dating, um, I think the issue is, is that number one, we've been taught that uh, you respect women, right? Which is mm-hmm. number one. Um, and then mm-hmm. from our moms, we're taught not to talk back to our moms, right? Mm-hmm. So, so now, so now we respect the woman that we're dating, but we're when our mom says something to us, we're not able to respond back, and you know what I mean. Even if it's a healthy way, that you know, just culturally, you say, "Are you talking back? Don't talk back to me." And and now mm-hmm. that transfers into the relationship. Um, that, mm-hmm. that that you're dating. So um, so there's a lot of guys who, when a woman says something to them, you know, they don't know how to respond in a healthy way. Or if they mm-hmm. do respond, they respond like they're responding to their to their boys, their mother. Right. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? And yeah, I I totally hear what you're saying, and so. Even with that, I think that you can have both. I think that obviously you can have, you know, respect, you know, for a woman and yet at the same time also, you know, inform them that <clears throat> this is this is how I deal with conflict. This is how I manage conflict. This is what I need because it's not all about the needs of the other person. It's about the needs in the dyad, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's a romantic relationship, friends or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about everybody being hurt as opposed to one person may may needing to be heard more than the other person. Um, I think those cultural norms, like we have to dispel, we have to really look at them and say like, how is that working for us? 
right? Like, so how is that working for me to just sit and listen and respect the woman and let her get out everything that she wants to say? And then I don't say anything. How is that working for you emotionally? How is that working for you spiritually? How is that working for you, you know, um, mentally, behaviorally? How is that working for you? And once we start answering those questions, I think we start to say, well, let's revisit these cultural norms and maybe let's kind of create different norms, right? And let's kind of go back to those rules of engagement where we both have an equal opportunity in this conversation and not just one person over the other. That's good. That's good. So so it's really being self-aware and knowing and knowing this. I, I, I don't think a lot of guys kind of like see this, you know what I mean? They don't understand right. it. So, right. um, but I think, you know, as we bring this up in conversation, they're like, Oh, okay. This is, this is what's happening. Now you have to have these conversations even before the comp, like before the heated conversation comes or the argument or whatever comes, sure. you have to be in a space where, you know, this is, this is how, when I'm upset, I might have to step back, but I do need to express myself because, you know, the, right. other, the other part is, is when somebody, it, when the, when there's an imbalance um, and somebody gets everything off their chest, it, mm-hmm. you can see their body language. Like they just got everything off their chest and then they just go on with their, <laughs> with their life. And then the other person mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, feels everything that they, that that person just said. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and like and that's that's very imbalanced. So I think that is something that we definitely have to work on. Right. So. I, I, right. I, I and so we're that. talking about. Yeah. And also we're talking about cultural norms when it comes to a community, mm-hmm. whether that's a community um, culturally, uh, ethnicity wise. So like, you know, the African-American culture or. Um, if we're talking about the culture of females or the culture of men. And so every everything has a culture, right? Mm. And so relationships, when it comes to friendships, when it comes to um, relationships, has a culture. Like I kind of explained in the beginning of the conversation, I'm like this collector of people that I create and make family, mm. right? So my culture of friendship, the foundation of it is family, Right. Mm -hmm. And so everybody has to have like a a culture when it comes to their relationships. And so every culture has their norms and has their rules and has their boundaries. And so that's something that is important to talk about when you are in uh, specific relationships with other people. And it takes a level of vulnerability to actually say, these are my shortcomings. Like, you know, I don't know how to argue or, Mm -hmm. you know, I was raised in a household where opinions weren't, you know, valued. Um, I grew up in a household where things were not validated. So when you walk away from me or when you leave the room while I'm talking, it makes me feel like when I was that little kid growing up in my home. So I think it also takes vulnerability to really kind of say, these are my shortcomings, but these are also my strengths, right? These are some areas I can improve in, but these are also some of my strengths too. Mm. And that's a conversation that's okay to have in the beginning of, of a relationship or friendship. That's that's good. That's good. Um, so, what, like, uh, uh, what are some of the the things that uh, that you normally have to help people with communication with, um, especially women? Okay, um, and why especially women? Um, because I was I was talking I was talking from a man's perspective earlier. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, gotcha. So I want to be I want to be able to. Uh, the, I want to be able to help women 
um, you know, uh, because sometimes I believe maybe not in relationships, but sometimes um, people just don't feel validated. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like and like you said earlier about the cultural norms, um, right. there, there there's a lot of times when I hear women and um, they, they they their voices aren't as validated. So that's 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 kind of why I'm I'm asking that question. Gotcha. And so one thing, well, in regards to just the strategy and intervention for um, anyone, but especially women, um, just because in general, um, I think that um, culturally um, and even like, you know, women experience, you know, racism, you know, sexism, ageism. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that there are times that, you know, women are not always validated or that their opinion is, you know, something that's considered like secondary. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the, the best advice that I can you know, definitely put out there for women. And I'll even say men too, is just to, you know, be aware of who you are as a person, be aware of even like when someone says something, you know, if your body changes, like Mm. inspect that, you know, and like figure out like, why did I shift? Or like, why did I put my head down when, you know, that person said X, Y, and Z, or why did, you know, um, I get hot or warm or why did I make a clinch this when someone said this, right? So mm-hmm. it's like learning how to be self-aware. And part of that self-awareness is paying attention to your physical body. Like what are some physical cues that is telling you like, you know what, I need to remove myself from this situation. Um, because typically women ignore instincts again, because we're not always validated, you know, so the instincts that we do have, no one believes us, no one thinks that, you know, we have an opinion or a right to say certain things. So sometimes we don't go with our gut, right? And that gut instinct um, really kind of comes out physically, you know, when we start to get agitated or we start to get restless in our body. Um, sometimes if we get a headache or sometimes if, you know, we start, some women's uh, people grind their teeth or, mm. You know, they have like, you know, um, restless behavior where they're like tapping their foot or tapping their leg. So it's just paying attention to all those things that are happening that are disrupting, you know, your physical body and then be aware of like, okay, what just happened? What just shifted? Because I was okay. So let me find out and become aware of what my body is trying to tell me. And part of me doing that is maybe I need to get out of the current situation that I'm in so that I can first make sure that I'm keeping myself safe physically and then also emotionally keeping myself safe too. So wearing the Black Men Are Dope and Black Women Are Dope shirts has been pretty amazing. Like I would walk around and people would look at my shirt and there are some people who looked very uncomfortable, but then there were people who were nodding in agreement. And that just boosted up this sense of pride that I have of being a strong black woman, as well as being having, having strong black men in my life. And I just want to share that message with the world. And a lot of the times we think that we can only share that message from verbally, you know, talking about our black, our black men and black women being so dope. But you know what? I can share that message without even opening my mouth and saying the word. I just put the shirt on and walk around and let the and I let the fashion speak for itself. Go to www.mrihardy.com forward slash shop. And put in the promo code Chicken Waffles. So, 
so so you now that's that's great now because you talked about the environment right and i think when we talk about environment environment and culture it goes hand in hand mm-hmm. right um so um when evaluating when you're coming into a certain type of environment and th- should, should we also or um go go to a p- a place of peace like should we go like evaluate what makes us uh peaceful and then try to uh continuously uh put ourselves in that position do you understand what i'm saying yeah like the like a physical place of of peace in that moment or just in general yeah just 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 in general so like so for instance if i'm going into a workspace right and in that workspace what happens is is that um okay um there there I've known people who, because of their boss, they've created a culture of uh, of confusion or chaos. Um, mm-hmm. They, when they go, when they're going to to work, their stomach <laughs> is anxious. Like you know, they have that that mm-hmm. you know they mm-hmm. feel anxious or worried. You know what I mean? Like day to day, like what's what's happening, right? So should they? Yep. Should, should you? Um, evaluate the juxtaposition of that like um when i'm in this type of space what is causing me to have peace as opposed to when i'm coming to this place you know what's causing me to be anxious and should we try to do that also yeah i think that that's definitely very important and i think when you talk about like workplace and like toxic work environments i think that there's a lot of things at play um, I think the first thing is becoming self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the second thing is um, creating a routine and a structure for yourself, especially if you're at a job that you don't like, uh, whether it's the people or just what you're doing that you don't like. So really just kind of like kind of creating a routine prior to going into work. Mm-hmm. So that could be mindfulness. It could be prayer. It could be meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a fan of mindfulness. Um and mindfulness is really just learning how to stay in the present moment. So that could be something as simple as doing some deep breathing before you go into work. Mm. It could be listening to, you know, jazz or peaceful music, you know, when you're going into work. Um, it can be, um, you know, talking to someone. It can be, you know, um, mindful driving, you know, where you're literally saying to yourself, um, I'm making a left on this street. I'm making a right on this street. I'm stopping at a red light. Um, and I know that may sound super um, rigid, um, and yet at the same time, it actually helps you to stay focused on driving so that your mind is not wandering to the future, which is getting to your job and whatever else you may have to deal with for that day. Hmm. So mindfulness is just really training yourself to stay in the present moment. Hmm. Um Another piece is making sure that you're taking breaks at work, because I think that Mm. a lot of work cultures are all about you working, 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 and then you work through your lunch or you work through breaks. And so I say all the time to people like, you know, if there's someone that's a smoker on your job, you better believe that twice a day they're going out for their cigarette, like for their 15 and they're out there for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so if a smoker can go out and have a 15, 10 or 15 minute break, um, then why don't you go outside, get some fresh air, take a walk and come back to your desk so that you can work and be productive. People don't understand that rest is a, is a part of productivity. Mm. And so if you're resting and taking breaks throughout your day, then that also kind of helps to decrease um, that level of like emotion, you know, dysregulation that you have when you go into a toxic work environment. So make sure you're taking your break. Stop working through your lunch. 
start taking more breaks, make sure that you leave on time, make sure that you come in on time. Mm. That's 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 excellent. That's excellent. Um, so Brittany, um, I appreciate you. I I I really do. Um, thank I, you. I, I I thank you for the work that you you're you're doing. Um, I I appreciate the work that you've done. Like you know, uh, your study, um, and you know, you have multiple locations, right? Can you just tell the people about that? Sure. So for right now, we just have um, one location in East Brunswick. So um, as I was saying before, I'm a licensed uh, professional counselor. So I am a therapist, but I'm also the owner of a private uh, practice agency called A Freeman's Place Counseling, uh, where we're located in East Brunswick. So we uh, do mental health counseling for um, children, women, and families. So that's our Mm -hmm. niche populations that we focus on. Uh, So we do individual therapy. We do group therapy. Uh, we also have a contract with the state of New Jersey through the Children's System of Care, where we do in-home counseling services. Mm. Uh, so if there's this um, there's this platform called Perform Care, and so if there's any chronic like behavioral issues that families are having with their children at home, uh, then they Perform Care is the platform to request certain services. And so one of the services that are offered is intensive and community work, which is the work that a Freeman's Place does. So we have in-home counselors that go out to the home and perform therapy for two hours a week, uh, two hours a week um, that are, the cases are open sometimes between like three to six months. Um, and then we refer them to outpatient counseling. Uh, we're also in the process of becoming a mental health clinic, which mm. means that we'll be able to um, accept Medicaid. So right now we accept all insurances, commercial insurances. So that would be Horizon, Aetna, um, Cigna. And so um, once we accept, uh, once we become a mental health clinic, we'll be able to accept um Medicaid, which opens the door for us to to work with more people and to help more people in our community. Um, And then lastly, uh, one of the other services that we are in the works of getting is um, working with the developmentally delayed population um, and providing support coordination services, uh, career services, career counseling. um, So really helping developmentally delayed population um, with the supports that they need. Um, so whether that's making an appointment with, um, you know, a dentist or finding a dentist, um, that's something we would help with. If they needed help with um, work placement, you know, we would find or help them with that. Uh, the career counseling piece, helping them to build resumes and to really set them up for success. So we have a lot of really great things that we're currently doing and a lot of really great things that are um, in front of us. And so uh, because of all of that, we did have multiple uh, locations, but to really focus on kind of making sure that things were um, manageable with the the mental health clinic that we're getting. Uh, We did kind of shut those um, other places down to really just focus on building up the other services that we're looking to get. That's great. You know, it was overwhelming for me as the the owner. So Uh I had to do what was best for me self-care-wise. I had to to close down those locations too. That's, so. Well, that, that's 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 important. I mean, and I think even you being uh, an entrepreneur um, is is very important uh, for um, us. Number one, as African Americans, as a as a as a woman, and just uh, mm-hmm. just even as a friend, you know uh, what it is that mm-hmm. you're doing is is it's inspiring. Also, so I, I just want to say, keep up the good work. Um, how can people follow you? 
Sure. So um, they can follow me at uh, Brittany Jean Lewis underscore LPC on Instagram. Um, also, uh, you can follow the private practice, uh, Freeman's Place Counseling. We post every single day, um, just something encouraging and uplifting for different people, um, the, the people that we focus on. So um, we focus on, of course, children, women and families. So we make sure to post regarding that demographic mm-hmm. um, because we want to make sure that people are supported on a daily basis with something um, that's encouraging. Um, so that's a Freeman's Place um, counseling on Instagram. And then, like I said, Brittany G. Lewis underscore LPC is my, um, my Instagram account. And so I personally, outside of doing all of this other stuff, I also, uh, my niche population is working with, um, college girls uh so girls that are in college and then kind of like you know the post-college girls that are still trying to find their way um so my whole um niche is about helping them to self-care um especially those girls that are in pwis predominantly um african-american girls that are in predominantly white institutions Mm. and just making sure that they're taking care of themselves and so um i have a journal for women um called the everyday woman's journal that focuses on 52 weeks of self-care um, and so basically there are different topics for everybody to focus on. So as opposed to having something that you're doing every day or writing every day in a journal, you're actually looking at, um, at something, a topic every week, just so that you can actually have it sink in and you can actually kind of see how it's working for you. Um, so that's something that, you know, I, I have, and that I'm very passionate about. Oh man, that's great. That's great. And what 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 we're gonna do is we're gonna find some type of way of synergy where I can help in that area, even if it's donating to to a group of young ladies. So we'll talk about that and we'll try to make that happen okay. for you. All right. Sounds great. All right. Sounds so, wonderful. Thank so, you so much. So Britt, I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, this is chicken and waffles. Uh, you know, I, I call it chicken and waffles because it's really about relationships, as, as you can hear. Um, and I just want to say thank you. All right. No problem. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Question. I asked this in another one. Are you healed yet? Because, I mean, we're learning. We're learning. We're growing. Each and every episode, we're going a step higher. We're learning a little bit more about ourselves, learning about how to interact with other people. I think that's, that's important. The more you learn who you are, the more you learn how to interact and how to, uh, uh, and also how to step back from the situation. Um, and in this episode, hopefully you learned that. So I just want to say thank you for listening. Uh, Brittany, I want to say thank you. This was a super dope episode. Uh, just continue. I thank you for your continued support. And have a good one.